Hello, everyone. It's Steve. And this is Andy. And this is Steve and Andy meet the Teen Titans in the Brave and the Bold, issue number 54. We're it's back. It's a mouthful, you know? <laughs> it yeah. is. We're back. We, we did leave. I was going to say we never left, but we did. Yeah. We did, uh, yeah. We're... I, I, I know our last one was for Christmas 2017. Okay, that that feels like not as long ago, but it is actually a while ago. Uh, so yeah. we're Stephen Anty. For those who don't know, we started doing a podcast almost 2008, I think, or 2007. Yeah, yeah I think it, which is like I, I over it, ten yeah, years ago. Like yeah, um, yeah. We were doing a podcast about <laughs> the Batman TV sh- series, uh, some Seinfeld. Well, I mean, actually, yeah. at first it was Seinfeld. Yeah, that's right. But we're starting a new podcast now, uh, talking about the Teen Titans all the way from yeah. the beginning, this first issue. We're going to go through uh, issues of the comic books of the Teen Titans, talk about them, what we liked and didn't like, the stories. Um, and hope you can follow along. These are all on Comixology, right? So that's how we're reading these. Uh, a lot of them. A lot of them are. I know, like, the first group definitely is. Because um, in Comixology, they have, like, 1 through 25, I think. Okay, and then and then uh, yeah. Okay, so the Teen Titans have like a weird setup. Okay, so like a lot of DC books, it has um, you know it starts kind of like trial issues. So there's a couple of Brave and the Bold. There's a showcase, and then they get their own book. Right, you know, a lot of them are like that. And so the book runs for like twenty five issues, and then it's canceled. And this is like nineteen you know sixty nine or something. Okay. Right. And then it's brought back in like 1976 and they pick up the old numbering. So it's like issue 26 <laughs> or something, you know? How often does that happen? It's something like that, that. That big of a gap in continuing the numbering. Um, I don't know. I mean, it like today I don't think it happens at all, but yeah. in the in the in the past I it it would happen more frequently because there are other titles that are like that. Um, off the top of my head, I'm having a hard time thinking. Like, like I think Oscar, All Star Squadron did that, and there's like a couple other ones. Um, Marvel would do it too because I know um, when Howard the Duck was initially canceled right. in like the like '79 or whatever, when the Howard the Duck movie came out, they revamped the comic and they brought the old numbering back, and then it was canceled after like two issues. So um, <laughs> <laughs> we should do Howard the Duck. Well, the Howard the Duck comic, like the old one by Steve Gerber, is like really good. Yeah. Um, and it's like nothing like the movie. Like the movie is like has a duck in it and Beverly, and it's in Cleveland, but that's about it. Um. <laughs> so we're this is a podcast so. about uh, comic books, specifically Teen Titans. Um, I'm yeah. Steve in Austin, Texas. Andy is in Cincinnati, yeah. and this yeah, issue has nasty. a has a Cincinnati connection. Which we'll get to. So we're gonna go. Through oh the, yeah, it does. Yeah, we're we're going does, through. I the forget, Aqualad, Aqualad lives in the Ohio River. I forgot. <laughs> we're, we're going. We're, we'll be going through the uh, Teen Titan stories in order. And the very first yeah. Teen Titan story. This is before they were even called the Teen Titans. The genesis no, of just the Teen the, Titans. They're just called those rotten teens. <laughs> this is the Brave and the Bold uh, number fifty-four. Do you have some? Uh, information yeah i do uh... yeah so it's the uh june july 1964 issue brave and the bold so it came out bi-monthly 
However, its on-sale date was April 30th, 1964. I, I never understood why they why that happened like that, you know? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, it had a 12 cent. 12 cents was the cover price. Right. And if you ask me, it was worth, it was worth every penny. Uh, it may be 11 cents. Uh, if you could do like half cent, maybe like 11.5 cents, you know? <laughs> like if there was a way like... Uh, like Richard Pryor was mining the half cents. You know? <laughs> um, so uh, the cover is brought by <laughs> the cover is by a guy named Bruno Primiani, and it okay. has Robin carrying Aqualad and Kid Flash through this town, and this guy is in a tornado, and he's like raining fire on him. Yes, and Robin and, looks very then, nonchalant on the cover of this. Yeah, like he doesn't really care. And um, the guy's ripping on Robin saying, if Aqualad and Kid Flash can't beat me, how can you with no superpowers? And that's kind of like a theme throughout the story. Um, yes. Because this scene is kind of reminiscent of something that actually happens, which is unusual for a comic book of the era. And um, so this the, the title is The Thousand and One Dooms of Mr. Twister. It's written by Bob Haney. And the pencils, again, are by Bruno... Um, Premiani, I guess that's how you say his name. And the letters are by Stan Starkman, if you care about that. (laughs) Everyone cares about Stan Starkman. I know. People love him. So April 1964, is that when you said this came out? Yeah, it came April 30th. It was the on-sale date, even though it has a June-July cover date. So So here's what's April 30th, a Thursday. April 1964, I looked up what was going on in the world and in America at that time. Um, and I think what I really love about these comics from the 60s, especially the Teen Titan ones, um, yeah. they really try to capture teen culture at the time uh, to various They're trying success, to, but it's think, obviously yeah. from, like, like a middle-aged man. Like, he doesn't really get it, you know? <laughs> and that's what I Like, he doesn't have kids about. or anything. Like, he's, like, just sees his neighbors, you know? Um, but what was happening in April 1964, April 22nd, 1964, the New York World's Fair opens, which was a big deal, right? Uh, you yeah. Still, yes, it was, yeah. You can still go to the Staten Island it, there and see that big globe thing. Wasn't the, uh, the Teen Titans, like, the main attraction <laughs> of the, uh, of the World's Fair there? Uh, I think so. Another thing that happened, yeah. April 17th, 1964, the Ford Mustang was introduced to the world. Oh, Okay. A lot happening. The Beatles songs were ranked second, third, and fourth, and fifth uh, on the Billboard yeah. charts. I don't know what number one was. I'm not seeing. That. Uh, I'm actually. I actually looked it up, and it is a Beatles song. It's "Can't Find Me Love." Okay, so the Beatles were all in the top five. Yeah. Well, there you go. Does this the next <laughs> issue that we're talking about has a Beatles reference in it? Right. It's not in this reference. One. Yeah. 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 Yes. And what's funny is, uh, well, I guess we'll talk about that later, but this one is, like I said, the June, July 64. That one has a June, July 65 cover date. Yes. We'll get, yeah. Next, the next issue, the next time we see the teen Titans and the brave and the bold is a year later. They took a year. Yeah. So off. I was kind of confused. Yeah. I was kind of confused by the, uh, the Beatles reference because I was like, isn't that kind of like, like past dated by then? Uh, I, I don't know. 1965, they were still popular, I guess. No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. Not the song, though, that they reference. Oh, maybe. was over, well over a year old. Yes. Um, so in this issue, as we said, they're not – they don't refer to themselves as the Teen Titans. They're not called the Teen Titans first. No. It's just the Brave and the Bull presents Kid Flash, Aqualad, and Robin. And I like how Kid Flash gets the top billing. 
top billing. Well, he 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 argued for it. He's like, I'm I'm not doing it unless I'm built top. That's why. That's why they ultimately settled on a name for him. Because Robin wanted, he was right. like, well, if I can't be true, top, yeah. then I want to have, I want to be last. And then Aqualad is just stuck in the middle, you know? <laughs> you ready to get into the issue? Oh my god, yeah, let's do it. The Thousand and One Dooms of Mr. Twister. We see on the on the first page here, it is Kid Flash gets his own uh, top billing. He has his own logo. Aqualad and Robin sort of share their logo, their build beneath Kid Flash, Aqualad and Robin. Um, the, the first page here, we see Robin sort of falling towards a rock. Kid Flash is rushing towards like at him. First, at first, he'll break break his neck. Never walk. He again. is not surviving that. Uh, Aqualad is in nearby water. He says, "Leafy Mantis, that weird wind funnel. It's called a tornado, but like he's from underwater. I mean, he doesn't know. It'll still stop- understand land weather patterns. <laughs> It'll stop Kid Flash before he can catch Robin." We see when Kid Flash, Aqualad, and he looks Robin like he's just whining, doesn't he? Yes. <laughs> took off for Hatton Corners. Each thought he'd been summoned to settle some typical teenage trouble. There's a lot of trouble That's going a quote. on in the DC What do you think universe. that means? I don't know. We're gonna we're about to find out. Never suspecting that they'd be teaming up to battle a menace that catapulted them into the peril of their lives when they meet the thousand and one dooms of Mister Twister. So we open. I thought he was just like a big fan of the game, you know. <laughs> He's going to have them do Twister. It was a thing all the kids were doing. We open in what appears to be a city hall. There's a bunch of old people there. The town hall of old white, old, old white guys. It is. It's the GOP <laughs> it's <still> the same. <laughs> National Convention here in Hatton Corners. Um, people hold signs that say, teenagers, toe the mark. Adults have rights, too. There's a big banner that says, say no to teenage demands. I've been saying that for I years. I like the one that says, "I like the one that says more chores, less play." <laughs> and uh, what it, it appears to be the mayor is standing up, saying, "Fellow citizens, I propose a curfew to solve our town's teenage problems." Everyone's on board. It's it is the mayor. His name's Mayor Corliss. Uh, meanwhile, at the same time, in uh, a dilapidated barn just outside t- of town, uh, there's a bunch of teenage. Mo- it appears to be mostly boys. Um, uh, they have signs that say adults are square, nicks the curfew. One kid's wearing a jacket that just says bugs. <laughs> He's a huge <laughs> fan of bugs. Um, there's a big banner that says new clubhouse or bus. Um, this kid stands up. He says, you know what? If we don't get our new teenage clubhouse, we're going to go on strike. <laughs> One kid says, cool. Um, that kid who stood up and, and suggested the strike, that's the son of the mayor, Eddie Corliss. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, do you think that sign "new club" or "bust" means they either want a new clubhouse or they want a bust erected of them? I think, like, of each teenager. I think Eddie. Yeah, Eddie is kind of a dictator of the teens. Um, sometime <laughs> later, uh, we see Batman and Robin in the Batcave. Batman's reading a newspaper, and it's talking about these Hatton Corner teenagers. They're they're striking. Batman says they're acting like spoiled brats. Robin. What I like is that this news made it all the way to Gotham City. That's like if like some small town non-story was in the New York Times. Hey, teens were big in the 1960s. That's true. I mean, yeah, you're right. Robin says Batman sounds like an old square. The, the adults just don't know how to listen to the kids. Uh, they, you know, they just want to have their new clubhouse. What teen wouldn't want a cool clubhouse? Robin said he's exactly, been yeah. invited to Hatton Corners by the teen club. Um, 
to plead their case. Robin, a representative of all teens in America. Uh, but Robin, of course, has to ask Batman for permission. Um, Batman says, you know, okay, go, but hurry back. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Central City, uh, we see the Flash and Kid I Flash. Hear the, I, hear those siren, I, I hear those sirens. I hear those sirens. Must be a teen, teen trouble in Austin. Oh, God. I know. Must be that, that new clubhouse isn't, isn't going as well. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, in Central City, we see the Flash and Kid Flash. Now uh, they're running by. This appears to be a building with the words "Teen Troubles" and "Hatton Corners" just engraved into the side. I don't know. That's how <laughs> they. I don't know what that's supposed, supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be like one of those, like you know, like digital electronic signs. That's what I. That's what I thought at least. But it looks it like does it's look just... more like they just engraved into the building. <laughs> So they're running by, and the Flash says, what's with those teenagers? Why won't they behave themselves? Of course, Kid Flash is a teen himself. Maybe Flash forgot about that. And he's he's kind of uh, outraged. Behave themselves. He's like, like all you adults, you forget you were once teenagers too. Of course, it's true. <laughs> the Flash was once a teenager. He said, no wonder Hatton Corner Teen Club asked me to come help them. Uh, they want another teenager – Really, they know that only teens really understand their problems. <laughs> and then the Flash says, uh, "But teenagers don't understand adults' problems. That, but it's okay. Go, you know, you can go." Uh, at that very moment, in the depths of the ocean, this news made it all the way to Atlantis, where we see <laughs> Aquaman and Aqualad. Um, Look at that eel, though. I mean, with the messenger bag. Apparently, an eel brought this. This. So in Gotham City, Batman's reading newspapers. They're etching this phrase onto buildings in Central City. And then the way that the Atlanteans get their news is just via eel with a bottle. The eel brings the bottle to Aquaman. He's like the mailman. He's an underwater mailman. And uh, how did the kids of Hatton City know to send this letter via bottle? I don't know. But they, they knew send, to it. send it via eel. They know the eel. He's it's a... called eel mail. Eel mail is a precursor. Yeah. That's what the E stands for. <laughs> Um, it does, yeah. It's electronic, right? An electric key. <laughs> oh, it's kind of true. Uh, the the teens of the Hatton Corners Teen Club also invited Aqualad to help settle this dispute. Aquaman says, um, you know, young people shouldn't dispute their elders. You should just listen to what they say, but just go, you know, you can, you can go, uh, but make sure you're not out of the water for more than an hour. Uh, Aqualad says, I can handle myself even though I'm just a teenager. And so we see later in Hatton Corners, Robin is there standing out front of what appears to be a ruined uh, teen club. It's destroyed. Uh, just then, Teen Flash comes up. He says, I guess you got the same invitation. And uh, at that same moment, Aqualad comes running out of the water. He's like, hey, is this the welcoming committee? Where's the <laughs> clubhouse? It looks like it's gotten destroyed. Um, now, <clears throat> now, I know they end up blaming it on Mr. Twister, but I think Robin destroyed it. I know. He, Robin was there first, and the only yeah. real witness. And look how he's stand. And look how he's standing. He looks very like, like proud of his accomplishments. Robin is inciting <laughs> violence in Hatton City. So once they get together, Robin, Kid Flash, and Aqualad race to the town hall, <laughs> and it says the bewildered trio heads an even more startling development. Um, apparently, the town's teenagers are gone. The mayor tells Robin. All the kids are gone. They've gone on strike. Uh, they left us this letter. And Robin reads the letter. It says, all us cats decided to skip. 
until adults to the music get hip. Build a new clubhouse. <laughs> Hat and corner scenes. Is that, is that a haiku? I, um, no, it's not a haiku. It's just kind of like a... Uh, a loose... Iambic pentameter. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the mayor says, you know, they went on strike and they wrecked their old clubhouse out of spite. They'll, they'll do anything to have their way. All the adults agree. But Robin says... You know, I want to read like the Hatton Corners newspaper because there's probably tons <laughs> of articles like, you know, hardware shop in trouble. Thanks a lot, teens. It's teens everything. something else. It's <laughs> yeah, like millennials. This Robin is a true millennial at heart. And oh my God. so Ooh, look Robin. At his, look at his outfit. It's true. <laughs> look at these kids. They're, they're ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but Robin gets together with Aqualad and Kid Flash. He says, guys. This we know that this note is fake. There, no teenager would have used the word music in a hip language message. They would have used jive. He's like, he's that right. Barn. God, is he right though? Oh my! And God. I don't think the teens destroyed that barn either. Something's up. Um, these adults just don't trust any teenagers, and, and they also don't trust us, even though we're wearing these super official looking costumes. Um, so we and need Opelette and I aren't wearing pants. <laughs> Um, so Robin says, you know, you guys scout the surrounding area. I'm going to search around town. So at dazzling speed, <laughs> Kid Flash zooms off. He doesn't see any teens anywhere. Um, for some Aquaman searches the, the bay, the ocean for the teens. He said, I've checked every fish in these waters. Not a clue to those fishing <laughs> teens. The fish, no, the fish wouldn't know. Well, he was also looking for teenage fish. You know, he's like, not that's only what's weird. These are, are all are, adult are human fish. fish. Yeah, not only are the human teens missing, but human. F- I mean, yeah, the uh, teen fish are missing as well. I mean, he was able. That's to That's what's out. weird. Uh, so, meanwhile, back in the town center of Hatton Corners, a tornado comes racing into town. Robin says, "Everyone into the bank." He locks all the adults on uh, in in the big giant bank vault. Uh, and just in time, too, because the tornado crashes into the bank. Robin, it, it makes me wonder inside. how many people live. It makes me wonder how many people live in Hatton Corners. If they were able to all fit in that they bank all fit. vault, it, it looks like a pretty big bank vault. To be fair, <laughs> I don't know why it's so big. Hatton Corners is like a tax haven for the Gotham City elite. That's why the story came up. In oh the... yeah, it's kind of like places in Connecticut. <laughs> So Robin uh, wasn't able to fit inside the bank vault, but he's hanging on for dear life as the tornado comes. Um, and just then, from inside the whirling funnel, a voice booms. And this this, it's this guy kind of dressed in this colonial-looking outfit, holding a but staff. But it's like real garish. It's green and purple and yellow. <laughs> it is. He's holding this staff with, like, turtle shells and some feathers on it. And he's also wearing this big cape that looks like Big Bird. That's uh, very strange. <laughs> and uh, he says, so, the famous Robin resists my powers. Uh, he says he's going to feel the full force of his wind. So he blows the winds at Robin. Robin gets torn loose from his grip on the, <laughs> on the bank vault. Um, but luckily, just in time, Kid Flash runs up, sees Robin, and, and catches him. He tells Robin his high velo- his hyper velocity enables him to catch and carry heavy objects without strain. Uh, Look at he, that he, panel in the and their and their eyes locking. <laughs> he's kind of catch. Looks like a little S- Lois Lane and and Superman kind of moment there. Yeah, I mean, he, 
this 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 was the beginning of the long time best friend friendship of Kid Flash and Robin, which yes. is something the, to this day. So. Not only the origin of the Teen Titans, but origin of a wonderful friendship right here. And I think it's this moment when he caught him and their eyes locked like Yes. <laughs> so he brings up the safety and they look down at the bank vault. And on top is that weird character. That's what Robin calls him. Uh, Kid Flash says, don't worry, I'll handle him. He jumps up, starts spinning around. He said he's going to blow him to the next county. Just then the bizarre villain uh, shoots some some red lightning out of his staff. And it causes Kid Flash to fall, allowing the villain to get away. Um just then, the mayor comes out. He's like, "Is every what's going on out here? The town is destroyed." He sees that some uh, timing of the mayor. I think the mayor set this up. The mayor heard all of this. Um, he sees that weird character. It's Brom Stick. He says he's back. He's now returned as Mister Twister. What's going on? He says, uh, "If you you must meet my demands, or you'll never see your teenagers again." Uh, Robin is confused. They didn't leave on their own. I knew it. He knew from that language. There's no way a teenager wrote it. Um, I mean, so, you don't. You don't use music. He uses jive. We all know that. Right. Uh, and Mister Stick or Brom Stick, Mister Twister says, "I'll return again, and when I do, you better pay this debt you owe me, or you'll never see your teens again." On to chapter two. <laughs> a town without teenagers and. What's interesting, I this has changed in our language over the last 50 or 60 years. Um, yeah. T- every time they talk about teenager here, it's spelled T-E-N hyphen. Um, uh, I guess that was a common spelling uh, back then, or is guess, that just a I mean, comic I, I book thing? In, I, I, if I remember correctly, in the next issue, every time teenager appears, it doesn't have the hyphen. So sometime so I between... April 1964. Over the course of that year, yeah. <laughs> a town without teenagers. What what must that be like? We see... Well, it's like a, it's like a town without pity, you know? We see a, a soda fountain, the the soda bartender. What do you call it, soda? A soda jockey? Soda jerk. Soda jerk. Oh, soda jerk. I knew there was a word for that. The soda jerk. He's like, they play the juke too loud. They messed up the place, but... I miss those <laughs> kids. We also see a police officer. I thought he was talking about the mayor. I thought he was talking about the mayor. <laughs> we see the police officer just standing there looking all forlorn. He's like, they led me on some chases, but they they were all good kids. He's got nothing to do now. There's no crime. All the teens are gone. Uh, the adults are standing around. He said, I built 10 clubhouses to have them back. Um, no one knows what to do. Robin, Kid Flash, and Aqualad are there. They're like, do you notice that everybody talks like the teen? Like, okay, so these <laughs> teens have to have parents, right? That's but right. everybody talks like these aren't their kids. They're just random teens that live in this town. I think that's how it is. They're, these kids moved out of Gotham City to come into. They Hatton went on Corners. strike from their parents. <laughs> they went on strike from their parents and moved. Well, here. they heard there was a cool clubhouse there, but now it's destroyed. Um, oh, that's true. Kid Flash says, those adults only appreciate those kids, but now it's too late. Robin says, it's not too late. We'll get those kids back. He says... I like how Kid Flash was just going to give up. Like, eh, he's like, let's go back. I got <laughs> stuff to do. Robin approaches the mayor and says, what is this debt that Mr. Twister was talking about? And the mayor says, it's a debt that no one could ever pay. And this is where the story takes a little weird turn. Um, you know, when this before this town was even founded, the land... 
to build the town of Hatton Corners in the colonial days was sold to our ancestors by Jacob Stick. And what he wanted was um, pay him and his descendants one passenger pigeon feather yearly or forfeit your youths to labor in my service for that year. Um, it sounds so weird. So Jacob Stick an idiot? <laughs> like, is I that guess. what they're implying that he was a moron? It's the weirdest bargain ever, and and even the the other colonialists think that too. He says he's got a sense of humor. Passenger pigeons, they're, they're swarming here by the millions. Um, we're never going to uh, pass up on a chance to take a, that kind of agreement. So they agree to it. They are sure that they can get a passenger pigeon feather, no problem. But uh, hundreds of years later. Brom Stick comes into the mayor's office wearing this flamboyant yellow coat made out of passenger pigeon feathers. He says, I'm the heir of Jacob Stick, and, you know, you owe me a lot of feathers, okay? I want not only the feather you owe me for this year, but also back payment. The mayor just laughs. He's like, you you look like an idiot. Um, kick him. He tells the police chief to kick him back into the Halloween ball he must have escaped from. But He's basically telling the police officer to take him out back and, like, rough him that's, up. That's what it means. So Bromstick says, you'll pay for this. And so the mayor tells Robin that's why he stole the town's teenagers, uh, because we can't pay this debt. Um, passenger pigeons have been <laughs> extinct since 1913. Uh, there's no chance of meeting that crazy rent. Um, which, to be fair, they made the agreement. So I, I'm not sure that Bromstick yeah, is really I mean, in the Brom's wrong Brom's not here. wrong. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But Robin says, don't worry. We're going to beat this Mr. Twister at his own game. So Robin, Kid Flash, and Aqualad head down to the local airport, check out the uh, radar logs. They found some unidentified flying objects moving south. Um, Kid Flash has said it was probably just a flock of geese. Robin's like, no, it's spring. The geese would be flying north, not south. Um, That unidentified object was heading straight for Goat Island. I bet that's where the teens are. So a little later, it has to be ge- it has to be geese or teens. <laughs> the only two things that could possibly be yeah. in the DC universe of all things. I mean, there's weird stuff flying around everywhere. <laughs> so a little later, um, Robin, Kid Flash, and Aqualad head out to Goat Island. There, it has to be an island so Aqualad can kind of show off. They're riding a manta yeah. ray. Kid Flash says it's a great taxi. <laughs> just standing on top. I like of how they're all holding hands. I like how they're all holding holding hands with each other. I mean, I'd it. be afraid of. There's no seatbelts on. Well, it's that like thing. an it's like an outward bound thing, you know. It's a nice like <laughs> teamwork building. <laughs> uh, so that they see Goat Island, they arrive on it. And they're shocked by what they find. They see the teenagers. It was the the UFO was actually just a bunch of teenagers flying through a tornado towards this island. And we see in the their- panel where Aqualad says "leaping lionfish." Doesn't it look like Robin's giving Kid Flash a piggyback ride? <laughs> Kid Flash is too lazy to. His legs are shaky <laughs> after that manta ride. I guess that's true. He can't get his bearings. So they run up to the scene of all the teens building a what appear to be this giant tower. Um, Mister Tornado standing on top. He wants. He's telling them to toil faster to erect my monument, a twister frozen forever in stone. What's going on? So, so you meant you mentioned early in the club when we saw the panel of the clubhouse how it just looked like a bunch of boys. Yeah, now well, I counted. Right, I okay. counted. 
There are 40 boys to the two girls. What's going on in this? That's what, that's what makes me think that all these kids moved to Hatton Corners to be part of that cool clubhouse. And what I say, they're building this cool tower, this castle. Why not make this their clubhouse? You know, have it be a win-win yeah, situation. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, they they're obviously on their own have, like... Yeah, they obviously have, like, great engineering skills. <laughs> I mean, they're building this... I mean, because really, we see how big it gets, and it's huge, and... It doesn't, you know, it, it seems structurally sound for such a big tower. <laughs> so while Kid Flash, Aqualad, and Robin are, are looking on, we see the teen leader, Eddie, who's in like a suit now with a bow tie. Bow tie. Yeah, 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 he's, he's all like cool. Um, do, you see the one ki- do you see the one kid with white hair and overalls? <laughs> it looks like Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> it is. This is Mike he Pence likes as a Mr. teenager. Twister. I mean, this would have he been about Mr. the Twister. right time, right? He does. Yeah. Um, he it's... agrees with the adults in Mr. Twister. <laughs> Eddie Eddie tries to throw a, a lasso around Mr. Twister, but it doesn't work. Mr. Twister turns it back on Eddie, ties him up. Um, uh, Eddie's uh, girlfriend, <laughs> one, of the, one of the four women there, says, uh, if only we were back safe. In Hatton Corners, she misses all the adults. Eddie does too. He says, "I guess our town and its adults are the greatest after all." Um, <laughs> Kid Flash is surprised at this. Robin and and the other Teen Titans aren't really. They don't really seem they're, all they're that concerned. Like, or yeah, they're not they're jumping. Kinda, they're out just going to watch these kids. Um, they like wa- They like watching, seeing what happens. <laughs> so, do you notice? Do you notice the way that Robin's face is drawn? Looks like a much. Uh, Looks like a like kind of like a dated style compared to everything else. Yeah, like it he still does. Looks like, he say looks like the 40s like the style drawing. Forties, like with the high eyebrows I'm, and and like the cheekbones and everything. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think this was probably done before the new look Batman um, came out, which was uh, all like yeah. later in '64. And so they were probably still basing the uh, look of Batman and Robin on like the old '40s look. Like they were still using that as the style guide. I'm assuming. Yeah, it is very interesting so because that's why he especially looks, that's in this why he panel, looks dated. yeah, in this panel here with oh yeah, he looks considerably more dated than yeah. Kid Flash, and yeah. especially Kid Flash, I feel looks looks pretty yeah. cool with this hair coming out of the top of his his suit like that. Um, yeah, it's I, I noticed that, and I was like, I wonder if that's what it is. They're just still using that style guy. A lot happened in '64. A lot, a lot changed yeah. in '64. Eddie's I mean, t- well, who can ever forget when Mr. Twister showed up, you know? That's right. He changed everything. Yeah. So Mr. <laughs> Twister like tells... The Beatles of the DC Universe. <laughs> Mr. Twister tells the teens um, I, he's going to leave the island for a little bit, but when he gets back, he wants his tower finished. Uh, Aqualad says, it's impossible. He can never finish his tower. Um, <laughs> Robin says... Um, why don't you and Kid Flash stay stay and help these kids finish the tower? I'm going to go. You guys finish the tower. I'm getting out of here. Okay? He's like, I'm going to follow Mr. Twister. So Mr. Twister goes away on this boat that he uses as his tornado to, to sail with. It would have made a yeah. lot more sense, in my opinion, to have Aqualad go because, I mean, Robin's like hanging on the back of the boat. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Robin didn't want to like work yes, on this Robin, tower. Robin did not want to work on the tower. So Robin follows on the back of this boat. Um, we see uh, Mr. Twister says his staff's powers need to be replenished, so he's got to get uh, somewhere to replenish them. Uh, meanwhile, on Goat Island, Kid Flash shows up. He says, don't worry, we're going to uh, 
help out here. I'm going to use my super speed, which gives me super strength to build this tower. He builds it, and it's this giant – it goes all the way up to the sky. The kids are loving it. Um, it's tickling the sky. It's tickling the sky. Says. Uh, they all say, hooray for Kid Flash. Uh, of course, Aqualad had nothing to do with this. At that very moment, um, in a cave on the peaks of – Hatton, in the peaks of the mountains beyond Hatton Corners, we see um, Mr. Twister putting together this potion. He says this is long-lost medicine that uh, can help me power my staff. It's some kind of mystical thing, these potions. Um, Robin's peering and thinking that's the source of his evil mystery. Um, but he just then... He's just dip, dipping his stick into like a boiling pot of water. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Just then, uh, Mr. Twister sees Robin. <laughs> Robin busts out. Uh, Robin s- throws something in Mr. Twister's face to get the jump on him. He calls it sneezing dust. I think he's just throwing – he's fighting dirty. He's throwing sand in his face. <laughs> he's the dirtiest of them all. I mean, as as Mr. Twister's blinded by the dust, Robin socks him in the face. That's right. He's an old-fashioned uppercut. But just then, right as his fist hit Mr. Twister's chin. Robin is thrown back. Um, Mr. Twister says he has a uh, protection given to him by the staff that its force fills his body and repels any blows struck against him. The staff is very powerful. Shortly after, we see a tornado and <laughs> come into the And the staff was town. just sitting around in this cave for all those years? I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. I, Mr. Twister's interesting origin. He, he found all the he, – he knows about this. He just found it. Yeah. He was Maybe kicked that, out of town to live in, and he had to live in a cave and found the stuff, basically. That, that's what we can only think, only, only hope. So just then, uh, a short while later, we see a tornado come and drop Robin off in the town. All the adults gather around. Uh, Robin has a note pinned to his chest that says, Unless rent is met by tomorrow's date, earth, water, and fire will be your fate, signed Mr. Twister. Uh, Robin says, <laughs> like how Robin is deciphering this to the adults. He goes, it looks <laughs> like, um, you guys got to pay him those feathers or he's going to unleash more menaces. Uh, Robin says he knows where the teens are held. Um, <laughs> we can't take him off the Island. It's too risky. Um, you know, we, we're going to have to face his powers. We're going to have to figure out how to stop him. Meanwhile, on goat Island, we see Aqualad's he's kind of annoyed. All the all the girls think um Kid Flash is really awesome. All the guys are loving him uh because he helped them build this thing. Aqualad, he's like you know, he he couldn't keep up with me underwater. And he, that reminds him he's gotta submerge himself underwater for a little bit. He sees that Goat Island. What happens if he would have just forgot? What if he would have what if he would have just forgot? collapsed and died? We can only assume. <laughs> So he jumps under the island and sees there's this uh, – the island is it's supported by only this one – I've, I've, I've got some questions before we move on. But I've got some questions about this Aqualad water thing. Right. Does it – I mean, how long does he have to submerge himself in water for? Does he have to be in there for like an hour? I think he just does needs like needs a splash. He's just got to stay hydrated. So could he just carry around like a water bottle and just like dump it on his head or something? I think d- didn't that happen in Aquaman? Some issues of Aquaman where he just like takes yeah, a bath. Yeah, where he just saw him like yeah, right? Because remember he was in the desert and he found that car <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he took the, like the coolant out. Do you remember that? Yeah, 
I think maybe maybe Kid Flash isn't, or sorry, uh, Aqualad isn't as powerful. He needs to be in the ocean. Yeah. But when okay. he goes down to the ocean, he sees that the bottom of Goat Island is eroded to this small pillar. He gives him an idea. Um, he he gets these whales to uh, rest the island on their back, and they float it away. They're saving the team. So in, in, in a yeah. sense, he's the Mr. Twister of the ocean. He's enslaving these yes. whales. That's exactly right. The whales have to pay Aquaman, or all their the teenage whales One. have to. Exactly. A passenger pigeon feather every year. <laughs> so Mr. Twister shows up to the island. It's gone. He's He thinks, how is this possible? Uh, he's very confused. Of course, Aquaman, Aqualad and the island are miles away now. Uh, on to chapter three, the town that would not die. But oh, before what? that. Didn't you have, um, yeah, yeah. Say, he had some sort of facts about passenger pigeons, right? I, what we want to do between these little breaks of these stories, I think it'd be fun to do some trivia about the issue or something. <laughs> this time, passenger pigeon trivia. Some, some facts about passenger pigeons. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and I, if you were to go to any any trivia night anywhere across the country at yeah, a bar or something, this is, there's always this is the passenger pigeon category. Category. This is going to help you out. The yeah. passenger pigeon in North America in the 1700s was was one of the most prolific birds. Apparently, there were billions of these birds spread. Um, oh, throughout so when you the say Northeast. prolific, you just mean a lot of them. I thought you meant they were prolific and that they like wrote novels <laughs> and things like that. The, also, that um, there were a lot of them, and that's why the deal made for Hatton Corners uh, seems so preposterous. It would be like saying, I mean, there's nothing like it today, but it would be like saying, you know, give me a penny or something extremely common. Um, uh, the passenger pigeon. Although one day that the same thing that happened to the passenger pigeon will probably happen. Might to happen. Penny. Maybe in a future trivia we'll be talking about the penny. Uh, yeah, the passenger pigeon. Well, the penny was like the passenger pigeon of its time. <laughs> so over a hundred years ago, um, <clears throat> in nineteen fourteen, uh, the last passenger pigeon ever died in uh, the Cincinnati Zoo, where Andy and I. Are from we're not from the zoo we're from Cincinnati um, and I remember as a kid we went on a field trip and you could see the bir- it's still there like stuffed or something and passenger pigeons they sort of just look like a regular pigeon they're maybe a little thinner than your average pigeon they look like a dove or a pigeon um, the last one died in captivity its name was Martha uh, and you could still see it in the Cincinnati Zoo uh, do you know how it died was it murdered or <laughs> <laughs> this crazy townsfolk came in and wanted a uh, um, <laughs> wanted a feather. <laughs> wanted a feather. So there were billions of these birds before, and now there's zero. Um, and one reason given for their uh, demise: they were big pests in in North America. They would eat crops. There would be so many of them. Um, so people hunted them basically to extinction. They would extinction. demand new clubhouses. <laughs> They're just like the teens. Um, so there were rewards for hunting that people would kill thousands of a, at a time, eat them, or just kill them. So passenger pigeons, no more, which is why this is such a problem for this town. That's your passenger pigeon facts. Um, they look like normal pigeons. I, I, you know, it's sad that they're gone. Uh, yeah. I think you get the same experience from a normal pigeon, in, in my opinion. 
Why now? Why were they called passenger pigeons? Could you like ride on them or something? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Apparently, um, the word is derived from the French word meaning passing by, because the birds would all spend migrate oh, around. Well, um, so man, the scientific man. name refers to their migratory characteristics. That word okay, is passenger. I'm that's the French word. Became passenger pigeon. It would be cool if they. Um, you could write on them, though. I think they'd still yeah. be around if you could write on Probably, them. Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they'd so, be really big, though, you know? Or uh, apparently Unless there were so really many. strong. There were so many. They Unless would they were just, like, really strong. Right? They would swarm in these huge flocks of hundreds of thousands. And so you, you could, like, like, so there flock. could be, like, a big flock that comes by, and you could just jump on the back of the flock. and That would be ride. pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Can't do it anymore, but maybe at one no, time. No, no. Up, up to five billion. That's a lot. Wow. Five yeah. billion at a, at their peak. That's a lot. That's a lot of birds. It is a lot of birds. And check out the Cincinnati Zoo. You could you could see it and other animals. Cincinnati Zoo's pretty Yeah, it's when's not it, just like a stuffed passenger pigeon and that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's their claim to fame though. I I get probably today their claim to fame is like Fiona the baby hippo, right? That's right. Although, you know, when I go back to Cincinnati, I see Fiona everywhere. She's not making yeah. a lot of news, at least in Austin, where I live now. I'll tell well, you no. That. I mean, when yeah. she was first, like, that first year, she was, like, worldwide sensation. But now it's just, you know, but that happens to everything, you know? That's true. That No one cares about the passenger pigeon anymore, except for <laughs> No, Brom. I mean, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, at one time, that was the pigeon, you know? It. Now we just... What are the regular pigeons called? Just regular... I think they're just called pigeons, right? Yeah, I guess so. On to chapter three. The town that would not die. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. We open um, all the kids on Goat Island. They're so stoked that... That Aqualad helped them. They, he moved the island. They think it's so cool. Aqualad's showing off. He's riding around on these whales. We see two girls sitting on the, the beach. The girls are digging him. <laughs> they said he's so cute. I could go for him. Kit Flash thinks to himself. They love his, they love his outfit, underwear. <laughs> his blue underwear and boots. Oh, my God. And he's all um, wet and everything. Like, oh, my God. Kit Flash thinks to himself. They need, they'll need gills to go on a date with him. He's getting jealous. Um, yeah. Just then... They bring the island up to the coast. Um, Kid Flash tells them uh, he's going to tell their parents are safe. You just wait here. We're going to take care of Mr. Tornado. Back in Hatton Corners, um, everyone's standing around, you know, still talking about the kids. They don't know what to do. Are, just, are, we, are, we, are we sure that, that they're mainly talking about the kids? Maybe it's just that one guy, you know? It's, it is always like Everyone mayor. else is just standing around like... Like, hey, what else is going on? Just then a giant yellow <laughs> dust cloud. Like, can we please talk about something other than teenagers? It's like, we get here? it. They're gone. Let's let's move on. They're not coming back. We we made a deal. A deal's a deal. Uh, <laughs> but just then a giant yellow dust cloud comes up. It's it's going over everything in the town. Um, we see on the top of a ridge above the town, um, Mr. Tornado, he's there. He said, this is your end for defying me. Uh, Robin says, this must be his first threat. The earth, fire, and water will be the town's fate. It's covering everything. It's getting into everything. Justin Kid Flash has an idea. 
he uses his super speed to run really fast and create a vacuum, sucking up all of the dust. Um, he runs it out of town into this uh, marsh, swampy area, and fills in the swamp. It says Phil wanted. <laughs> he said, that, you know, they wanted to fill this in anyway. They could build a nice suburb on it, maybe like a Target or, uh, you know, Best Buy. Something like that. Super <laughs> so Walmart. He fills in it, killing all <laughs> of the animal life there. Well, yeah, he doesn't care. <clears throat> now, I am curious. Once Mr. Twister is defeated, though, will this go away? I mean... No, it's still there. I mean, he's... It's just so the it's sand. still there? I mean... Yeah, they're but building... I swear, like, later, once Mr. Twister is defeated, spoiler alert, his his fire disappears. We're, I, I think the sand... Well, we'll yeah, maybe maybe they they'll build something on. They defeat him, and then all of the stuff they build just it, sinks. And then it sinks. Yeah, it's like a sinkhole kind of thing, you know. <laughs> Back in Hatton Corners, just when they thought they were safe, there's this green cloud coming in. It's these giant drops of rain that you know they have to run away. This is the second. It's green rain now. It's is it acid rain? It's it's green. Um, I don't know. So it's probably dangerous, but. Aqualad doesn't care. He's going to help Probably. the town. He swims. Isn't in this from him. the? Isn't this from the swampy marsh where Phil? Oh, was that's wanted? right. <laughs> Aqualad swims into the dangerous waters with riding the back of a narwhal with its big horn. He he uh, drills a hole in the uh, bottom of the road, and all the water that was flooding the town drains out. Uh, they're saved. Um, <laughs> but where does the water go? That's what I didn't understand. <laughs> it goes out into the ocean. I guess I don't know. Um, we see the final plague coming in Uh, Mr. Tornado said they'll never be able to stop this it's a cloud of fire it's raining fire down onto the town Um, Aqualad Robin and Kid Flash they don't know what to do Um, so Robin suggests that they just uh, go into a fire station and get the you know let's get the fire engine out we'll take care of it that way Robin doesn't have powers, um, and no. it's, it's it's a little self-conscious about it uh, because Kid Flash says, unlike you, Robin, I don't need any firefighting apparatus. I've got my super speed to whip yeah. out those flames. As he says it, though, lightning bolts for the second time strike him down um, and also strike down Aqualad. They're, they're on the ground. Robin, Although, to be honest, we never, we never actually see Aqualad get struck. We think, just see him on his knees. He's really thirsty, I think. Um, so Robin helps Aqualad and Kid Flash into the fire station. Um, he said they're out of action. So Robin, no superpowers. What's he going to do? He drives the fire engine out, uh, out into the, the flames <laughs> and he climbs up the ladder, dodging the lightning from the staff of Mr. Tornado. Robin has these acrobatic skills. He yeah, was a star. That's like a, that's like a superpower, right? I mean, that, it's pretty impressive. Robin jumps all the way up the ladder, lassos the staff, pulls it out of Mr. Tornado's hands into the fire. It burns. And Mr. Tornado falls out of the sky, crashing down. I'm assuming... Loses his hat, exposes that he's bald. He's bald. Very embarrassing for him. Um, well, we see in the like final panel... Like was just to make... To distract people from him being bald. <laughs> we see in the, the final panel Robin with Aqualad and... Kid Flash are using the fire hoses to put out the fire. So maybe okay. maybe that sand is still yeah, there. Yeah, maybe, yeah, the sand is still there. Um, 
Aqualad says, you know what? I take back everything I said. You, brains and bravery are just as important as superpowers any day. Um, the police arrest Mr. Tornado. All the teens are back. Everyone's happy. And a short time later, um, the mayor announces that they're, they're going to build the biggest, greatest, coolest teenage clubhouse that ever was. Look at the um, mayor using the slang coolest. He's like, this is going to be hip. And uh, the kids have a sign. One kid that says, it's a sign that says, adults, we love them. Isn't he planted, though? Like, he's a plant he from he's the mayor. Paid. Like, the he's... mayor hired an out-of-town teen to carry this sign. <laughs> so, in the end, everything's all right. The teens and the adults are getting along. The proto-teen titans, they're not called the teen titans yet. This is their origin. They're all happy. Yeah. Um, and that's the end of the first Teen Titans story. Yeah, I mean, it, and it would take them a year to come up with a new one. I mean, they that, thought this story is this story is, is so no. That's what that's what the thing was. I mean, you can't top Mister Twister and the town with no teens. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, they do top it, and and on our next episode, we're going to cover the next Teen Titans story in the Brave and the Bold a year later. Ah, oh, this was yeah, the next story this, was published, and this time they're called the Teen Titans. Yes, um, but before that, you can go to our Facebook page, facebook dot com slash Steve and Andy. Like us on there, share us with your friends. You can check out panels from this issue. Um, go on iTunes, give us a like and a review. You can check out our other podcast, um, Steve and Andy Meet Batman, where we talk about the nineteen sixties Batman TV series and other random comics. You can find yeah, that on iTunes. Yep. Uh, and you can email us if with any questions or concerns, <laughs> Steve and Andy at gmail.com. Um, I'm going to try to but get a website set any, up. Like, I don't have it yet. Any negative experiences with teens? Yes. Do what, tell us why you hate teens and or adults. <laughs> and what was your teenage clubhouse? <laughs> why you love them? I guess, you, you know, did every, did every t- little town in the 1960s have a teenage clubhouse? I guess so. I can only I mean, assume. I, Cause I've seen movies. I've seen movies where that's mentioned and, like, TV where that's kind of mentioned. It must be true. So, I, I want to find out where the yeah, local maybe. one in Austin was. Oh, my God. The Cincinnati one was just the zoo where they hang around the passenger <laughs> pigeon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, Andy, any any closing comments on the first episode of Steve and Andy Meet the Teen Titans? I mean, not really. Um, we're, we're in for a treat, I think, with the Teen Titans. Yeah, I again, I love, I love the, these stories, uh, yeah. The, the casual uh, uses of uh, current slang terms. Yes. That's that's kind of like our – that's how our podcast is too. I mean we're, we're cool. Yeah. That's oh, my a, God. We're jive. We're jive. Like, I, we've, never refer, we've never referred to music as music. We always refer to no. it as jive. No self-respecting know? teen would. All right, Andy. Right. Like we'll say like, oh, have you heard any new jive recently? And you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard some new jive. I love jive. And look out for new <laughs> – episodes of Steve and Andy Meet Teen Titans. All right, Andy, I will talk to you next time where we tackle Raven the Bold issue number 60. It's, it's a doozy. Oh, my God. It is. Oh, my God. The, the villain is, is disgusting. <laughs> I'll talk to you then. All right. See ya.